0: As if that's not enough two free pillows for our listeners go to slash paula that's slash paula this is their best offer yet and I'll bet it won't last long with helix better sleep starts now <sighs> stop <and> stop. <laughs>
1: Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, grocery stores. Right now, it's about the only place we go outside our homes. But how do they really work? What's life like behind the wall of milk and cheese and boxes of puffins? And why does everybody need so much butter? We've got Raymond on the phone. Raymond's worked in a grocery store for 14 years, and he'll pull back the freezer lid to uncover the truth about your grocery store's frozen peas and cubes. Plus, an eighth grader named Nate asked us for help with the math he's learning at home. In this week's Quarantine Corner, we'll tell you everything we remember from math in eighth grade. Good luck, Nate, and hope that your parents are grading on the
2: curve.
1: (laughs) I'm Adam Felber, the man who every week tries to keep our discourse stocked with topics that sit on the same conversational shelf. And now, please welcome the woman who routinely knocks over the stacked cans of this show's coherency... Shoppers beware, we have irrelevance all over aisle eight. Paula Poundstone. How are you guys? Welcome, Paula. Oh, it's
0: so lovely to be here. I just want you to know that I am once again uh, recording, sitting on my treadmill, my treadmill desk, which if it gets turned on, I am flying through the closet door.
1: That'll, uh, you know, I keep wondering what that might sound like. So I, at this point, you know, I'm bored enough in quarantine that I'm almost hoping that it happens, Paula.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd kind of like to see what... <laughs> I've been trying to train my dogs to walk on the treadmill, by the way, and uh, I think they've seen one spill too many on my part, and they're like, no way, we're not doing that. Uh, so, so well, uh, I want to welcome
1: tonight's house band. Can I do that? Yes, yes, please. Tonight's house band is on the tuba, Adam Sartain. Nice. from hollywood yeah. california yeah. he's a nobody he's happy to be here uh, or virtually here and speaking of here where are we all coming from paula we know you're on your treadmill is it inside or out
0: oh inside in- i have an inside ah. treadmill nice that's why i'm using my inside voice uh and tony anita how? where are you
3: i'm standing in my kitchen
1: <laughs> standing
0: now, Tony, uh, to, so okay, so our new listeners know you live in a, a studio apartment, and as we've talked about before, your kitchen is, uh, let's say, adjacent or perhaps in your office, because the office is really just that little piece of formica that comes out of the wall where the, where the phone hookup is. Um, is that true,
3: Polly Pocket? That, that is correct. That is correct. So Tony,
1: in fact, you're standing in your kitchen, but if you were sitting down, you'd be in your office.
3: That is, yep, yeah, absolutely. That's that's true. <laughs> that's so very true. That's why
0: Tony is ingeniously marketing uh, during the during the pandemic. Tony is ingeniously marketing the um, the wire whisk slash pencil for.
1: Uh, it's a great, great <laughs> item. You can. It's, you can whisk, or you can, or you can write.
0: Yeah, and just, you just, just
1: by turning it around.
0: And you can reach both rooms from the same chair. Uh, well, we're so glad you're you're here, Tony. Thank you. And Bonnie Burns.
1: Bonnie Burns, where are you coming from, Captain Crinkle? I
0: have moved. I've moved rooms. Oh wow! No. I'm not on the couch
1: anymore. Where are you? Where are you?
0: I have moved into my office.
1: You don't have, you have an office. You have an office?
0: I do. I do. No. You know what? It's, it's out with the lawn furniture. Bonnie is... <laughs> Bo- Bonnie is riding up
1: front on a covered wagon right now. <laughs> Heading westward, even though there, there's not a lot of west from Bonnie's house.
0: Yeah, but it's slow. it's slow going... She's uh she's no, a- I'm in an o- I'm in my office, Paula. Yeah. You've never seen. It's completely puzzled the dogs because they're used to cuddling up on the couch with me and they just come in the room, they stand there and they just like uh, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> oh, yeah. there's
1: nowhere to cuddle. So that would imply that you don't use the office hardly at all.
0: No. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right.
0: Well, I'm glad you're all here. Yeah, I, You know what? So the other day I was just, you know, dealing with life, how we all are right now. Right. You know, it, you know, bleaching and vacuuming and not going out and, you know, canceling, yeah, sure. uh, excuse me, postponing more dates and, and just yeah. doing my, you know, just working uh, hard. And, uh, you know, cause we keep a list of things to do every day and we, you know, I crack the whip. We get stuff done here. So, but I'm in my room. And my you and your cats, she- you mean? Uh, my daughter's living with me now. My my middle okay. daughter. So she she comes in and she says, "Mom, there's bugs in the kitchen." And I go into the kitchen. You guys remember I've showed you pictures before, and we've talked about my termite infestation. Yes. Okay. This was that, like uh, a million times. So I so go in. So it was in. like a
1: civil war battlefield of dead termites on the floor.
0: They were dead. They what? were. There were like. Thousands of them. They were on the floor in the kitchen. They were on the wall behind the refrigerator. And I can only see like about a, a two-inch span of that wall between the refrigerator and the counter. And so at first I'm like, I-, I have no idea what to do. And then I go and I grab the vacuum cleaner and I start hosing them up. I had to empty the vacuum cleaner canister three times. And I'm, I'm, I'm hosing and hosing and then I would be doing the floor... And then I'd turn back around and where I had just vacuumed from the wall, there was a million more there. It was, it was like, I mean, I no disrespect to Vietnam veterans, but I, it was like, no, it's like I'd be on one side and they're, like, paw, they're over there. And then paw, get them over there. And then I turned back around <laughs> and we um, moved. I said, you know, I think they're coming from behind the refrigerator because uh, I can never <laughs> well, that's, wait. That's
1: some good reasoning.
0: Follow their trajectory. I couldn't see exactly where they were coming from, but so pull out the refrigerator, right? Like, uh, 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 pull out the refrigerator, that, uh, and I can't see very well. Uh, and I'm, and I'm like, you know, I don't know. There's like brown stuff down there. What is that? You know what the brown things were?
1: More termites termite, or sawdust?
0: Termite mounds. Like I saw
1: oh. in Africa,
0: there were termite mounds. <laughs> the only oh difference was- my God. Some of these, they weren't pretty like the Africa ones. These were like a really gross, dark brown color. And inside on the walls, there were K-pop posters because a lot of my termites are young. <laughs> and it was so- Wait, horrendous. a lot of your termites are what? Young. Oh. Nymphs. Yeah. <laughs> y- young termites. They like the K-pop. Yeah. That's what they like.
1: That's so, what they like.
0: I, yeah. So I vacuum up all the termites. It was so unbelievable. I, I And, you know, as it is, every day I'm on the verge of just Snoopy crying from stress and from, you know, what's happening in the world. But <laughs> this was just like, you know, that's, you know, yeah. you remember Snoopy crying. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I'll why I was you, laughing. You, you Absolutely. Add, ra- throws back you, his head and wails.
0: Yeah. I feel like doing that all the time, but you, so you add my normal stress, like take my normal stress and add in millions of termites to the degree that I'm like, and then I thought they were in my bathroom at one point because I kept finding my my bathroom floor. And then I realized, no, they're dropping off my clothing. When I would sit well, you know down you, to use the you, toilet, you, they would you, fall you, off of
1: me. You know how you can tell if, if, um, if they've been in your bathroom? Tiny bottles of Axe body spray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just the water running constantly because they want to live through this pandemic. So they're in there washing their hands. I go in and the hand soap is like half down from where it was before, and I realize it's the goddamn termites. Just yeah. ch- ch- this is how long they leave it on. Ch- 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 that's it. That's yeah. all it takes to wash
1: the termites. Yeah, that, that's that's as long as it takes to sing Happy Birthday in termite language.
0: Yeah. Well, because they're born yeah. so quickly. There's no time yeah. to finish one song before another one's born. Happy birth. Absolutely. Oh, happy birth. Happy yeah.
1: birth. Happy, oh, yeah. my
0: God. What Termite mounds behind my refrigerator.
1: Now, you're going to need an exterminator out there, Paula.
0: You know, I, I mean, I'm are rel- I don't
1: know a lot about termites, but if they're building mounds behind the refrigerator, they're probably in your walls, too
0: yeah, no doubt. But you know, the idea that my house would be tented now, I mean, the irony is I may have to move to a tent eventually, and I'd like to hold <laughs> out on that. Well, it's, it, that in, is that in, is it,
1: bad news
0: in literature, they call that foreshadowing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Adam? Yes. what? I have a word. You do? I well, do. I'm not surprised. You have had a word for us every week for about the last year.
0: Yeah, but during the crisis, Adam, the, you know the world's changing. This week's word is insuperable. It's insuperable. Adge- insuperable. Oh, it's an adjective that means impossible to overcome. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. My termite invasion was nearly insuperable.
1: Uh, ah,
0: yeah, it was nearly. It, was d- it wasn't. I didn't nearly. Prevail, so you're saying was yours ne- was
1: difficult to overcome?
0: Oh. Gosh, it was it was nearly insuperable. Um, and by the way, I just want to say to the nobodies, I am loving, uh, every now and then somebody sends us an email saying that they saw a speech that someone has made or, that, you know, where they've used right. one of our, our words. And, and what yes. that tells me is, is that a lot of the leadership uh, in the country is listening to, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone and is, you know, is writing these words down. And so That's I'm very possible. excited about that. Yeah, no, that's well, what's the, happening. The, there's
1: another possibility. Obviously, there's another possibility there, Paula, which is that these people already knew those words.
0: That's ridiculous. So uh, okay. no, it's listeners. Right. <clears throat> it's li- I just had to clear my guitar. Hold on, um, it's listeners, and this part I'm going to go out a limb on. I'm not. I can't validate this, but I believe that uh, it has to do with my vocabulary song, where each week I add a word to the song and it seems to really be working. And you know what?
1: What's that, Paula?
0: This week is no different. Uh, I have the, <laughs> here's, I know, what you were ho- I know what you were hoping for, Adam Fober. Uh, different.
1: It, I was hoping for different. I was hoping for you to say, you know what, Adam? Let's skip the vocabulary song this uh, week and just go out and get a sandwich.
0: No, that's not what I was going to say. You know what I was going to say, Adam? I was going to say... This week's word isn't super It's an adjective that means impossible to overcome. That can make a person glum. Last week's word was nonplussed. It's an adjective that means surprised and confused and not knowing how to react. Might describe me if Trump said a fact. The week before that... Was Qatar, it's a noun that means excessive mucus in the throat or nose. You can hear it in every one of my shows. Going back before that. We had cataplexy, it's a noun that means a medical condition in which a strong emotion or laughter causes a person to experience sudden weakness in the muscles. Ha ha ha, I can't budge. And not long ago we had uh, Are you uh, taking a, a la- solo loop? Lacuna, it's a noun that means gap or Let's never forget golem-free <laughs> It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things Hodgepodge, who's podge, who's hodgepodge podge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable But I do, I do, I do, I do Woo! Wow Yeah I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. You know what? So many people do, Bonnie. I've been contacted by so many record labels. Uh, you
1: really haven't.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I'll be honest. I haven't, but okay. it be- it's, be- it's because they're working from home, and so it's really slowed production down. But I'm right. what, I meant was, what I meant was I'm about to be contacted by so many. Re- There's going to be a bidding war. That's what's going to happen.
1: Or a cease and desist order. No, no, it's a, uh, no, wrong there. <laughs> Bid, uh, uh, wrong, hey, okay. I just,
0: I just want to say that we still have our 100th caller contest and I, it, it is going so well. Um, it really
1: is. It's going great. We had, I mean, let's, I want to backtrack on that a little bit is in that last week we had that surprise caller on the show, um, Tom Hanks.
0: Tom Hanks was caller what, like 51 through 56? He just kept calling back.
1: I think, yeah. And uh, how did that come about, Paula? Uh,
0: You know, he wanted, I bump into him at Roger Federer's uh, uh, appliance (laughs) store all the time. And uh, what he told me was that um, Dame Maggie Smith was driving him around and had dropped him off, you know, because he had the virus. And uh, so he couldn't drive himself because... Well, maybe that that's is not absolutely not he's, true. No, that's said absolutely that, not true. You know, he was in a like a beekeeper suit when he got in the car with her. Uh, he um, really,
1: yeah. I was under the impression that he was no longer in beekeeper suits once he came home from Australia.
0: No, but he just wanted to be certain because it's Dame Maggie Smith. Okay. you don't. You know, sure. nobody wants to infect Dame Maggie. She's Smith. She's
1: old. She's yeah. definitely old.
0: Well, I wasn't going to say that. I just see such a treasure, <laughs> and I, and a, she desperately an wants. She wants to be on this show, but that kind of talk, by the way, will probably put her off. But she has wanted to be on this show. She used to wait outside of the studio for us, but not being in the studio anymore. Apparently, she met Tom at uh, Roger Federer's and was driving around, and he, and he called in. Just uh, excited to hang out with you after the game. That That's certainly one okay. of the reasons. Uh, so, what number are we up to?
1: Uh, Tony Anita Hall, what number call are we up to now?
3: 66.
0: Wow. Oh, my gosh, it's... It's almost over. So you guys, you've got to call in. These prizes are so hot. Any appliance you want from Roger Federer's Appliance Store and also a chance to hang out with Adam after the game. And as <laughs> if that's not exciting enough, Adam, uh, we have today yes. another online auction.
1: Oh, good. Which, I, I, I love these auctions that we hold.
0: Well, I'm so excited because we we've had some really remarkable items before.
1: Uh, we sure But have. this one,
0: this one really tilts the
1: scales. Uh, yeah, we've had some great items. For instance, we had the uh, Shirley Chisholm Trail trail mix.
0: Yes. That was fantastic. Yeah. Somebody really got their hands on a piece of history there. And we had the uh, the Crystal Sutton uh, lint ball that belonged to Crystal Sutton who was the uh, um, union organizer in the mills in the early 70s and an inspirational story. And she had a a lint ball. And uh, yeah. so we au- auctioned that off, and, and it was fantastic.
1: And, uh, of course, we auctioned off the papier-mâché, one of the papier-mâché heads used in the famous Escape from Alcatraz, not the movie, but the the actual escape.
0: Yeah, that was amazing, because they really had kept their, you know, the, the head had really kept its shape. The prisoners used it um, to, they put it, in their bunks, so that when the guards walked by, it looked like there was somebody sleeping there, and we were able to get right. our hands on that papier mache head. We uh, we made some uh, bidder very very happy with that papier mache head. A big sure, we did. Yes, yeah. slice of history there, big slice the, of history.
1: Yeah, we had a lot and of good the, ones.
0: And uh, we had the the boat from uh, Lewis and Clark. That was what we got started with, and we broke the door at the studio, getting it in there. That's
1: what got us kicked out of the Ray Horseman Studios.
0: That's exactly correct. Uh, Is a, a real shame? Well, tonight um, I wish I could show a picture of this, but you know I'm limited. Uh, okay. Tonight for our online auction, I have uh, a food that Gandhi refused to eat during his uh, <laughs> fast. It's a bowl of rice. Um, it, it's not just any bowl of rice, though. This rice was offered to Gandhi during his last fast. Um, For those who don't know, Mahatma Gandhi lived from October 2nd, uh, 1869 through uh, uh, January 30th, 1948, when he was assassinated by an upset man. He was a leader of India's nonviolent movement against British rule. He inspired world leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. and Nelson Mandela, and he fasted in protest a number of times. Uh, And this uh, bowl of rice was offered to him, and he said, "No, thank you." And uh, he said, "No, thank have- you." Well,
1: that's good. Even right up yeah. to the end, he was very polite.
0: Well, he didn't die from fasting. Um, he was assassinated by an
1: upset man. But and um, he was like a world class faster too. I think I think he fasted for twenty one days more than once.
0: That's correct. He did fast for twenty one days. Yes, and and just so that audience members know, the auction will close tonight at the end of the show. uh, Now, this is just
1: a bowl of rice.
0: No, it's not just a bowl of rice. It's a bowl of rice that was offered to Gandhi during his last fast.
1: Okay. Is is it saffron rice? Is it jasmine? You know, is it uh, prepared in sort of a traditional Indian fashion, maybe with some onions and cinnamon? I mean, what kind uh, of rice dish are we dealing with here?
0: It's just rice. You know, it's not in a box, so I couldn't tell you. This is rice. It's in a bowl. It's rice in a bowl.
1: And and what condition is it in now? Because, uh, you know, as you said, Gandhi died in 1948. So this must be an 80-something-year-old or a 70-something-year-old bowl of rice.
0: Well, it looks a little something like, you know, if you ever order from, like, a a restaurant in an airport and they have the plastic food replicas. um, Okay. You know, because they don't want to just put the food out there all day
1: as a demonstration. It's like mummified rice.
0: It does. It looks a little bit uh mummified. Um and you know, I well, mean, let me that- ask
1: you. Let me ask you one question. A lot of yeah. times with these auctions that people hold, yeah. um you get a people who buy these things from like Christie's and where, wherever else they have these auctions, they get a certificate of authenticity signed by an expert. Because, you know, I know you're not oh the kind of person Adam, but, I'm but- so
0: sorry. To, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but we just got our first our first uh, uh, online bid—it's from okay. Colleen O'Hanley, who uh, uh, nobody. She's a nobody. Nobody Colleen O'Hanley just bid two hundred dollars. Thank you for starting us wow. off, Colleen. That is fantastic. That's terrific. Wow, two hundred dollars. That's that's it would be that's a steal. Pretty amazing. Um, but yeah. I want to thank you, uh, nobody Colleen O'Hanley, for that uh, for that bid, just getting us rolling on this. Authentic, that is wonderful. Uh, authentic uh, bowl now of Indian back rice. Back to
1: that. That was authentic turned down idea. by Gandhi. Now, do you have an expert signed certificate of authenticity that this rice was indeed offered to Mahatma Gandhi?
0: Uh, we just had another bid. I cannot <laughs> yeah, believe
1: <no>. it. <laughs> okay.
0: This run is from nobody, Anthony Pasqua, for two hundred and fifty dollars. Way to bump it up there, Anthony. Wow. Thank you so. Much. Okay. Th- that is fantastic. Wow. These guys really. <laughs> I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, Two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, it seems like you're avoiding
1: my question, Paul. It seems like you're finding a new bid whenever I ask the question. Straight up. Did you? Is did there you some have a sort question? of certificate? Yes. Is there some yeah. sort of certificate of authenticity associated with this bowl oh, of rice?
0: Fuck. There's termites in my bedroom. I, I. You know what? I'd love to. I'd love to answer. What? <laughs> All right, very well. Um, yeah, no, it up, is, uh, uh, yes, of course it's authentic. Of course, of course it's I'm, authentic. I, I, not, I get
1: that you say it's authentic.
0: Yes, I do. I have a certificate of authenticity uh, from a place called Don't Ask Acquisitions.
1: Don't Ask Acquisitions. I've never never heard of that firm, but they sound on the up and up.
0: Yes, they, uh, they do a lot of work <laughs> with Christie's. Yeah, oh, I'm okay. very excited. I'm very excited. Um, to have this rice because Gandhi was a very important figure in history. And I think, uh, especially during these difficult times, it's so important to be able to, I think, you know, focus on people who we admire and try to emulate them. And that's the kind of strength that's going to get us through. And so, you know, I, I really want to thank both Anthony and Colleen um, for these uh, <laughs> terrific bids. Uh, Adam, answer the phone. Answer the really? phone. <laughs> yes. Okay. Hello. Uh, Am I the 100th caller?
1: Uh, No, you're not. You're caller number 67, I believe. Am I right, Tony?
0: 67? 67. Yes. Well, Adam Felber, it is good to talk to you. It's me, Gladdy Pilgrim. Hi, Gladdy. so excited about becoming a Supreme Court person. Uh, Yes. I am about to be appointed by President Trump. And uh, it's a darn shame I'm not the 100th caller, uh, but it's worth it just to get to talk to you, Adam.
1: Well, Claudia. Yes? I've always wondered. You say that he told you this, although he's he's oh, never God. actually made a public statement uh, mentioning your name. Um, how did he tell you?
0: Right to my face, Adam. Right, uh, we, was, we were uh, side by side. I was in the Oval uh-huh. Office with him. And I was there as part of the prayer vigil group that surrounds him. And the, oh, that's the um,
1: that's the one where you all touch him and pray.
0: Yes, we put our hands on uh, various parts of his body, and I was lucky enough to be given the penis. And so I, I <laughs> wait, had no, my wait, hand. hold
1: on a second.
0: <laughs> I had my hand on his penis, and we were praying. no, you didn't. Uh, we did. You said it. And um, you changing your story, Gotti? listening right now. Uh, what did I say before?
1: You said that that, that his uh, his genitals were given to that um, spir- spiritual advisor of his.
0: Oh, to Paula White. My mistake. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's what happened. Uh, you know, the tip of his elbow can be a little squishy. And uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it'll stiffen up. So there are some similar properties. Um, and, uh, you know, he'll bend it. And, you know, right there at the weenus. Uh, so did I say penis? I meant weenus. My my mistake.
1: You meant weenus?
0: Yeah, that's that section of the elbow where your elbow bends and that skin that that uh, is there. It's called the weenus. And that's
1: called a weenus.
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: Are you sh- are you sure about that, Glady? I don't. Uh, that's a yeah. song. That's something that could appear in our vocabulary song at some point.
0: Uh, Yeah, it is. It's called
1: the This week's word is weenus. It's the flappy skin (laughs) and your elbow when you straighten your arm, doesn't cause harm, goes away when you bend it.
0: (laughs) You know, Adam, um, everyone knows that already. I would like to practice my argument for um, being a Supreme Court person. And I know yes. that there is an upcoming case about Trump's financial records disclosure, about our president's financial records yeah, disclosure. That's and right. I, He's
1: being sued for his tax history and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why and don't you would like you to practice like, what? I would like to pra- <laughs> practice making my, um, you know, my opinion.
1: Oh, making your opinion, not your argument. Because the no, arg- not, arguments I'm, are I'm, what the. Or the people who come before the court offer, and then you guys render your decisions and your opinions.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to get that straight before I <laughs> yes, get there. Yes, I think there. you are. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Thank you, Adam Felber. You saved me a lot of trouble. Um, so, so, go, so let's why practice. Don't you, why, okay, you make an argument, and I'll give you my opinion. Go ahead.
1: Okay, um... I think it's completely fair to uh, know the personal financial dealings of our uh, important public figures, particularly presidents of the United States.
0: Uh, all right. No, it isn't. Thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm
0: going to have to go now, Adam. Thank you so much Wait. for that practice.
1: <laughs> okay, I mean, you're welcome, Glady. Gladdy Pilgrim, so nice, everybody.
0: It was so nice talking to you. I, I'm going to call back because I would really like to be the 100th caller.
1: Okay, glad All right, coming up, George Orwell wrote, A human being is primarily a bag for putting food into, yet it is curious how seldom the all-importance of food is recognized. You see statues everywhere to politicians, poets, bishops, but none to cooks or bacon curers or market gardeners. We'll uncover how our food source in these troubled times, grocery stores, really work when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Poundstone. <laughs>
0: On this day in unremarkable history, Pope Pius XI said, Damn it! Does anyone know how to get red wine out of white cotton? Whose bright idea was this combination?
1: Thank you, House Band Adam Sartain. Just great, great stuff. Paula, just about the only place I go anymore, and I'm sure you might be the same, is the grocery store.
0: Oh, I do. And you know what's weird? It's made me realize I know nothing about how grocery stores really work.
1: What what do you mean by that? You, you they sell food, right?
0: Right, but I mean I go there but I don't I don't pay attention to this place that is so important. I just look for stuff on the shelf and then I buy it, but I have no idea how it all works on the inside.
1: Well, Paula Poundstone, on the phone with us is someone who can give us a full bag of knowledge about grocery stores. He's worked in a New York City grocery store that will remain anonymous for 14 years. And to allow him to speak freely about that world, we will not disclose the name of the store he works at or his last name. Yes, he's in the grocery store protection program. Let's welcome this Lower East Side native... From New York City, Raymond. Hey, Raymond.
2: Hey, guys, how you doing?
1: Good, I'm so Good. glad you're here. Raymond, thank you for your service, man. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah,
2: not a problem. Thank you.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, we feel at this point that grocery workers are, are heroes working through the pandemic, making sure people get food. And And you've worked there for 14 years. You didn't even know all hell was going to break loose. Uh, what do you think, Raymond, is the biggest misperception the public has about how a grocery store works?
2: That we just pack groceries for a living. And that's what we do when the, the truth is, like, we've had Harvard graduates that are working with us. We've had people with master's degrees, PhDs, uh, people. I know someone who got, like, five years into into a school as a doctor before they quit. Like, it's highly educated people where I work. We're, we're Interesting.
0: Just, yeah. And what jobs have you done?
2: Uh, United States Marine Corps. Um, oh,
1: so thank you for your service twice.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. You're welcome. Is um, it a little
1: is it a little weird for people to be thanking you for your service for the Marine Corps, but now they're also doing it for your service in the grocery store? Absolutely. I'm always uncomfortable <laughs> with. Okay, then I take it back. Not nice. us. <laughs> and in the 14 years working inside the grocery store. What jobs have you done?
0: Have you worked your way up? Is there, a, is there a hierarchy? Is there a stepping stones? Or does everybody do everything?
2: Well, the place where I specifically work, you can move up if you choose to.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I've known people who've gotten to the highest you can possibly get and have been there less than I have.
0: Oh, wow. Uh-huh.
2: That's because you I choose not to because I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And <laughs> okay. so what
0: are the things? Like, what are the, you know what are the jobs within the grocery store
2: I, what i do is i i do cashier i put up groceries i do i do a little bit of everything
0: uh-huh and
2: then above me is the manager and they're supervising all of that
0: and when do they do the the restocking is that at night or all day long
2: it depends for my store specifically
0: yes
2: we do perishables in the morning which is what i do i i work at 4am so about 12 o'clock sometime uh-huh. most of the time 10 and that's the graveyard shit. we do perishables so produce dairy um cold cuts uh meat uh yeah like like that stuff and then foods things that can go bad yeah yeah and then at, at night they do all the dry stuff and i uh-huh. think they also, they also do frozen stuff at night as well
0: um which which one is your favorite section
2: i don't have a favorite section i have a, well, a worst section and that's what's that fr- that's produce. I refuse to do produce. I say it every morning. I'm not doing produce. <laughs> <laughs> Why is produce so bad? <laughs> I, I I just don't like it. I've 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 been working at 14 years. I know what I like and I know what I don't like at my store, and I don't like doing produce. I can do produce, yes, but don't tell me to smile or be good at it, because I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like about, scared no. of carrots or something? No, no, no. It's just it's just a very large <laughs> load, and it changes all the time. And there's no consistency, I hear you. and it's always a nightmare. It's always a nightmare. And I'm like, no. You
1: know that's true. Produce sections are always being reorganized.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's freaking ridiculous. I can't. I can't.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. I can't.
0: All right, now when you do like canned goods, do you have to make the cans face a certain way, or can you just put them up there?
2: It depends on who the person is. But what I do is I put up everything. And then at the end of everything, I go back and I face everything to, to show the label and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's how I do it. But other people like do it as they're putting it up. I don't do that. I just like to throw everything up and then come back around and take 10 minutes to fix everything. That's how I usually do it.
0: Now, if I were in the store that you work in and I went in, like I used to work in a bookstore, for example, and I wasn't all that good at it, but there was a guy at the bookstore I worked at in Boston that customers would come in and say stuff like, Do you have that book with the white cover? And in a second, he would know, like, he could figure out what they were talking about and hand them the book that they were looking at or tell them what section. What is, like, the least amount of information someone's ever given you about what they wanted and you knew where it was?
2: Well, usually when it comes to what we have, like, there's usually one specific product that, like, everyone gets. Like, there's one, like, 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 for instance, one type of tofu that everyone wants, even though we have, like, six types. Oh really? So uh-huh. when, so when they're like, I'm looking for this tofu, I'm like, enough said. Come on. So I'd <laughs> and, say, and and, and 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 to be honest, it's one of the six. Although I'm pretty sure it's this one, which is the one that is never there, because we sell it all the time. Yeah. But like, like everything's in the same general section. So all you gotta say is, I want this. I want. All right, let's go. Yeah. And or either that or this happens a lot. They're like, you know that thing, blah blah, and I'm like, we don't sell that yeah you do no we don't and then they come back to me later and they're like oh yeah I'm sorry they sell it at this place and I'm like yeah that's not this place so I was right yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. have you ever come to fisticuffs over someone insisting that you sell something that you don't have you ever had to get rough uh
2: no no no. you mean like to hit someone
0: yeah, I'm kidding.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay,
2: okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, not.
1: Um How how do you like the the checkout line? Is it is it fun interacting with the customers on that, or would you rather be stocking?
2: I'd rather be stocking. Right, gotcha. I gotcha. I can do it. It's not hard. It's just I'd rather be stocking. Not um, yeah. I'd rather just be stocking. That's just my strength. Uh-huh. You
0: now, Raymond, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm picking up on is that there's like the way you are regular with other people and then the way you are with the customers are you entirely yourself with the customers no
2: not in the least (laughs) now why is that (laughs) why is that because you got to put on a persona i can't if i was me i'd have been fired years ago
0: (laughs) (laughs) so basically you're you're putting up with a lot of our customer hijinks
2: yeah but you know I'm, i'm i'm just i'm just being nice and proper and that's that is me, but at the same time, it's not. I like to curse a lot. I like to make inappropriate jokes, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. Yeah, I do. Yes. Yeah.
0: Not <laughs> because of you, but because I'm like that. Because I find in a lot of the grocery stores that I go to that the people are really nice, the people who work there really nice and really knowledgeable. Um, but sometimes I myself don't like the other customers. Um, there's, uh, you know, there are women that wear like tight yoga pants and purposely block access to the chip aisle.
1: <laughs> now, now, now now Paula, I, I have to ask you, um, what do the yoga pants have to do with the chip aisle?
0: Well, I think they're just sort of showing off their physique and they know oh. that somebody who looks like me is trying to get to the chip aisle. So Oh, so
1: they're they're genuinely interposing their their yoga pant clad yeah. legs.
0: They're, they've done their booty burning, and now oh, they're
1: they're flaunting it.
0: Right, exactly. And now they're just making it so that I can't get to the chips. I, I, I yeah, sometimes they just seem yeah, a little entitled, I guess, too.
1: Entitled women in yoga pants blocking the chip aisle. Have you seen it, Raymond?
2: Uh, yeah. It's it's the grocery store I work at is located literally right next to a college dorm. So like all oh, oh. these young girls come in coming back from. Yoga and working out, always wearing booty shorts and yoga pants and Does that annoy you
1: as much as it annoys Paula Poundstone?
2: Uh after fourteen years I'm just used to it. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yes. It
0: doesn't it doesn't affect you. Doesn't affect you in any um, way.
1: You know, Irma Bombeck said the odds of going to the store for a loaf of bread and coming out with only a loaf of bread are three billion to one. Stay tuned to hear more about the secret life of the grocery store from Raymond. The cat of the week is Mushu from Westchester, Pennsylvania. We're back with grocery store worker Raymond. Welcome back, Raymond.
2: Hey guys, how you doing?
0: <laughs> Raymond, I gotta good. tell you, I love your accent. I I love a New York accent. Do you like if you watch movies and people are doing New York accents? Does it bother you?
2: Not in the least. No. When, yeah. in, in fact, when I was in the Marine Corps, like all the time, I would just talk. Everyone was like New York. I'm like okay, <laughs> like, they, like instantaneously, like like yeah. didn't even think about it
1: um now raymond talk about how much things have changed and what it's like now at the grocery store during this uh corona lockdown
2: oh man like i don't even know where to begin on that um it's just so much because like you know obviously no one expected it to become like this like two months ago every like i was worried about you know graduating because I'm i'm getting my master's this may and now like I have to get ready every morning. Like I'm about to do surgery to go to into work. Yeah,
1: that's right. You're wearing, so, you got to wear mask and gloves all the time. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, people are giving a lot of like, like flack to businesses that are like not taking precautions or taking precautions or not doing it fast enough. Not, not you know, and it's just like, we, like nobody really know, like, especially in the beginning, nobody really knew how bad this would get. So right. It, my store particularly was taking steps like on a daily basis. like uh, like example, I'm gonna give you example with gloves. Normally, the policy is it's frowned upon to wear gloves. You shouldn't wear gloves.
0: Uh-huh.
2: It's frowned upon originally, right? When it started out, it, when it wasn't a big thing, it was still frowned upon, even though people were talking about it. Then right. it got a little more seriously and people started rebelling and started wearing gloves and, and, and not particularly in my store, but in other stores under my company's name, they were writing people up for wearing gloves. Oh wow. Whoa. Yeah. And it's like, but once again, this is the beginnings of the virus getting extremely serious. Right. So they're not sure. taking it as seriously as they could. Yeah. A week later, suddenly it's like, okay, we still frown upon wearing gloves, but you can wear them if it makes you feel safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Right? So so now we're now people are wearing gloves, some people aren't. The week after it's okay, gloves are mandatory now. Then masks were optional. Now masks are mandatory. Now masks are mandatory for for customers. And this changed every week. So every time I'd come in, something new would be on the table. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna come in one day, be wearing my regular shirt and pants for my job, and everyone's gonna be wearing yellow hazmat suits. And I'm like, what did I miss?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel that even as a customer, like every time I go back to the store, and you know, I'm all for whatever protective stuff they want to do. Um, that's fine with me. But when you walk in, they sometimes assume you already know. And other customers will glower at you. You know, like the, the other day, I realized that I, I'm like pushing my cart, and then I realized, hey, there's arrows on the floor, and they seem to be pointing at me. And That's <laughs> when I, was, I realized I was going the wrong way on a one-way aisle, but it had never been a one-way aisle before. And I couldn't figure out why they were doing And then I realized it's because in the aisles, you have no way of getting six feet away from someone.
1: Right. And if you're all moving in the same direction, yeah. then you've got a traffic pattern. But
0: you know, it would have been nice for someone to tell me that. Instead, at one point I saw like a red laser light on my jacket and I realized they were about to take me out. And Yeah. That's- well, you know, you,
1: I agree. They should let you know. I mean, I remember standing in line and, and wondering like, you know, what are what's the red tape on the floor about?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just good.
1: Oh, I'm supposed to stand at that line.
0: But I think part of it is that everybody's, you know, they're figuring out their rules. All, you know, it's, everything is happening in this sort of rolling, you know, rolling way. Uh, Yeah, It feels a little bit like when you were in the first grade, And just everything was like, every day you come in, there's something, what do you mean I have to sit down all day? You know, there's some new thing (laughs) that you never experienced in your life before, you know?
1: Never let go of that, Paula. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I have told Paula on this very program, and you can either agree with me or disagree with me, that the one thing about this uh, Corona lockdown that I've actually enjoyed is the whole idea that there's not that many people in the store at a time. How, how, How do you like
2: it? Uh, to be honest, it gets very boring after a while.
0: There, because, see?
2: Because there isn't a lot to do because we're not selling as much, so we're not getting as much in, and then we don't need that many cat, many cash registers, and then the only thing left to do is clean. And I didn't oh. like to clean before this went down.
1: Yeah. So right. <laughs> I I, under,
2: I understand it's necessary, and I've been doing my part when the time comes. But like, even I have a point where I'm like, okay, I can't do this. Anymore. I can't yeah. wipe down another screen. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Oh, I
0: forgot about the screens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That well, was, yeah. and you know, I'm so sort of old school that I still, even before the virus, I mean, I was still handing my credit card to the clerk for years, and they would hand it back to me and say, "No, you put it in that thing." I I, I did it wrong even before the stress of this thing. I imagine that over in paper goods, where the Kleenex and the toilet paper is. You probably have to go over there to wipe down a lot because of the large uh, piles of dust that build up uh, on the empty shelves.
2: Yeah, yeah, we some more a couple of weeks ago. Now it's gotten a little better. With, There's paper the products again.
0: What do yeah, yeah, you? Right. You have no, toilet got, paper in New York? I we do. Oh, my heavens. Paula,
1: it's not worth flying to New York for. Just stay I'm where you too, are. I'm
0: telling you, I'm going to start Shelter walking. Shelter in place. I don't think you can no, fly no. in I'm walking. <laughs> <We be. laughs> no, Raymond, we have no toilet paper out here. It's because I... it's because New York's been hoarding it. Damn it, Raymond.
1: Don't blame <laughs>
2: Raymond. It's not his fault, Paula.
0: I, I do blame him. You should have seen people. So did you see people wheeling out like huge carts of toilet paper?
2: We did at the beginning, but we quickly put an incident to that. We started controlling like we started holding the paper goods behind in the back. So if they would be like, I want toilet paper. Okay, how many? You can only get up to two. Let me get two, let me get one. And that's how we controlled it for a bit. So now, it was, it was yeah. done
0: more like a drug deal, is that correct? Yeah, People be, yep, ch- a- Yeah.
2: absolutely. You <laughs> want some toilet paper, we got some hand sanitizer, but that's, you know, yeah, right. that's about it. Has
1: anybody tried to make it worth your while to get stuff that you don't have and like they try to bribe you? Believe it or not, yes.
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> excellent. Oh, for Believe was it for not, toilet yes. paper? It was for an entire box of hand sanitizer.
1: Wow. Really, they wanted the whole box.
2: Yep.
0: They were probably the, going to sell it, right? I, no,
2: it to- no, 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 no. The the it, he asked multiple people, and after that, like everyone was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to get in on this because if that happens and I lose my job over this, I'm gonna be pissed." So. Oh yeah. right.
0: Was it an octopus? And he had like so many. <laughs>
2: Oh, because they have
1: lots of hands, Paula? Yeah,
0: exactly. That they needed more. No one ever (laughs) thinks about that, but that could happen.
1: I don't think they're susceptible to the virus, nor do I think they shop in grocery stores. (laughs) Um, But it's a worthy, It's otherwise it's a completely worthwhile question.
0: Yeah, I think it was. Um, Well, Raymond, I know you don't like to be thanked for your service, but you know what? I, I feel like you grocery store people really are really are front lines people. And I, I, appreciate you being there and I hope that you do stay safe. And that, you know, when you go home, you just, the second you get in your apartment, you just strip naked and run to the shower.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I want to add, I want to add my thanks to Raymond. Thanks for th- uh, helping us register how a grocery store rings up its operations. And now we're going to take that information we got from you and run it through the old pounce donator. Paula?
0: Okay, Adam Sartain, if I can get a little background music, I will tell you what my takeaways are. (laughs) Protocols are changing so fast in grocery stores trying to outrun the spread of this virus. It's necessary, so we as customers have to just suck it up. But our friends who work at grocery stores are on the receiving end of a dizzying array of changing rules. On Monday, it turns out, they have to wear gloves. And I mean on their feet. On Tuesday, (laughs) they arrive in gloves only to be written up and told to wear toe shoes because there's some research that shows COVID-19 stops dead in its tracks entirely by a pirouette. On Wednesday, (laughs) masks had to be worn covering their mouth and nose, but on Thursday, grocery workers were additionally required to wear paper bag masks made from grocery bags with the store's logos clearly showing on the back. The virus, of course, is spread in little droplets of moisture that come from our mouths. And given that even more drops spray when using the letter P, employees are required to come in early on Friday to rename potatoes otatoes and make signs guiding customers to the produce department and telling them that until further notice, they won't be selling bell eters at all.
1: He has worked at a New York City grocery store for 14 years. Thank you for being on our show, Raymond. Thanks, Raymond. Yeah. Coming up, Quarantine Corner. Dust off your eighth grade math. Square roots, you're up next. And we're back. Thank you, house band Adam Sartain, sounding terrific.
0: Oh, my gosh. That really was great. House band Adam Sartain, thank you so much. Uh, Oh, you know what, Adam? We have, it actually came in while we were interviewing Raymond, but I didn't want to interrupt. We got another online auction bid. uh, And, of course, uh, listeners were bidding on a, a bowl of rice that Gandhi refused during his final fast.
1: Uh, which is when he turned down this bowl of rice. Uh, um, now, is this the absolute last thing he turned down, or is this just one of the bowls of rice he turned down? I think it's one of.
0: I'll have to check oh, back yeah. with Don't Ask Acquisitions, but I believe this is just one of multiple foods that Gandhi refused.
1: Okay. So so you're not bidding, people, you're not bidding on Gandhi's very last refused meal.
0: No, it's one, I believe. Nor, are, it,
1: you, no, nor are you bidding on a, on a meal that he... He just had a nibble of.
0: No, no, he did not eat any of this rice. This rice is sort of—you right. can tell because, there's no bites taken out of this rice. He definitely. What were you thinking, you know, Gandhi? Someone. Were, were you thinking Gandhi on cheated on his fast? No, that's not who he no, was. No, but
1: I think I, I think in addition to his many hunger strikes, he did do a couple of uh, well-known nibble strikes. No, he didn't nipple yeah, where str- no where he, you know these aren't he wasn't quite as angry and he wasn't quite as worked up about it. He's like, all right, guess what? For the next month, I'm only gonna have a taste.
0: So you're saying that he went through a period where, in mild protest, he just played with his food?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I
0: don't think that's accurate. He,
1: he pushed it onto the lettuce. No, yeah.
0: in this particular protest, his last fast was for uh he was fighting for communal harmony. And okay, but oh. so we have a bid. Uh, this bid came from Alice Walton, uh, heir to the Walmart fortune. Uh, I, believe, okay. wow. I believe. I believe Alice is the second richest woman in the world. She's worth fifty four point four billion. Her brother Jim Walton is worth fifty four point six billion, which has got to create some sort of. Sibling rivalry that you know, point four and point six. One so, of
1: them just invested better.
0: Uh, well, so Alice has bid twenty thousand fifty dollars, twenty thousand and fifty dollars on the bowl of rice, uh, uh, turned down by Gandhi during his last fast. Boy, I guess her brother Jim may have point two billion more than her, but he doesn't have the rice that Gandhi refused on his last fast. So this
1: uh, it's, not not at the moment. Alice's right now to to lose.
0: It's 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 looking like. I mean, this is absurd. It lo- I mean, this is. It's I, a big.
1: I, it's a big bid.
0: She's the second richest woman, I believe, in the world, and uh, you know, right. an heir to the Walmart fortune. Sure. So you know, I I don't want to say. I don't want to wreck.
1: Uh, one more one more question, Paula. Yeah. Just because I'm curious, like, yeah. um. Do we know, does the historical record tell us if when Gandhi was offered this rice, if he was like, no, stupid, I'm on a hunger strike, or if he actually, like, pretended that he wasn't hungry?
0: No, that's a false choice, Adam. Okay,
1: okay, I'm just asking.
0: Gandhi was neither an asshole nor a liar. (laughs) So (laughs) this this isn't a (laughs) petulant child. (laughs) <laughs> it was a purposeful, deliberate. He was saying I'm you know I'm not going to eat until there's harmony and uh,
1: and uh Sure, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a it was a courageous act. It wasn't just somebody <laughs> okay. sending food back at a restaurant. And so when you go to a restaurant and you order like uh, uh, say you order a hamburger and it comes back right. and, and it's a cheeseburger and you send it back, right. you feel like you're fasting for a cause, is that correct?
1: No, absolutely not. So you
0: like, take that back. And <laughs> then you kind of wave at people in the restaurant. Like, you know what? I'm taking a stand here. I'm not eating that hamburger until...
1: <laughs> I'm on a hunger strike. No, I yeah. I, I don't I'm do that. I'm on a hunger fact, strike I, until I basically that burger... never send food back.
0: Oh, yeah, you don't. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah, you just eat it. And then you tell them it was wrong. And then you get... I see what no, you're doing. I'm
1: not a complainer. I, I, I eat as much of it as I can. I, I'm just not a complainer. I'm like Gandhi in that way. Did you just Pretty much co- only did that way. Did you just compare yourself to Gandhi? I don't Gandhi? send food back.
0: Did you just say you're like I'm Gandhi? I'm saying... Did, did I just hear you say I you're said, like Gandhi?
1: I've I've got one or two things in common with him. Baldness. Yeah, yeah I going to say. And I don't yeah. send back food.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I don't... Yeah. I'm not sure that you yeah. have even that much in common with Gandhi. Um, uh, You I, don't think I'm bald? No, you are bald. Wait a minute, Adam. Wait a minute. I can't believe this. <laughs>
1: yes. Holy, <What's>
0: holy <laughs> O'Hanley, Adam... Colleen O'Hanley is not going to let Alice Walton walk away with this bowl of uneaten Gandhi rice. She has bid $20,100. Thank you, Colleen. I thought there's no way I thought that was going to happen. That is... That is so fantastic. You know, it's like...
1: Colleen, I would advise you to maybe think again, maybe let Walton have it, because that's a lot of money for for one of our nobodies.
0: No, you know what? First of all, thank you so much, Colleen. But second of all, you know, it's a piece of history, Adam. I don't know if you're gathering that. I mean, I guess you feel a connection to Gandhi because you're bald and you don't send food yes. back. But for a lot yes. of people, the, the, the idea that you have a tangible with you where you can feel that, that connection to this man that was a one of the greatest men in in history and this bowl of rice that, and I'm describing Gandhi now, this bowl of rice that he he didn't eat. Not me. Uh, Fantastic. Just a a really beautiful thing. Thank you so much, Colleen. I guess it
1: is. Although, Colleen, I would advise you to maybe just consider shaving your head. (laughs) It's So much, so much cheaper. No. That's all I'm saying.
0: You know, then you could be Phil Collins. It's not the same. It's not the same. (laughs) You could be Kojak. It's, it's not this. It's not the same. Thank you, right. Colleen. Yeah. That was okay. really, really, right. really beautiful. Um, all right. Well, all right. So it's are, time now, are we everybody. going to Quarantine Corner?
1: Yes, it's time for Quarantine Corner. We got this email from an eighth grader named Nate. Let me read it to you. Hello, I really enjoyed your Quarantine Corner segment on your most recent episode. As a current eighth grader, the information was actually relevant to what I'm learning. God help you, Nate. I was wondering, (laughs) next week, could you do a math quarantine corner? It would be really helpful. Thanks. Well, Nate, you asked for it, and we're delivering. Paula, what do you remember from eighth grade math?
0: You know, I'm so glad you asked, Adam. Here's what I remember from eighth grade math. I remember that our teacher, Mr. Joyce, he never used the chalkboard. He only used an overhead projector. And he was already sitting in his chair looking into the, the bright light of the overhead projector, um, which had like a very, very uh, like flat surface where you would, as the teacher, he would write on a thing called a transparency, which was really just a plastic sheet. And it would be projected up onto a screen that he pulled down over the blackboard. He was literally sitting in the chair when we arrived in the room, mesmerized by the intensity of the light. And, and then he would like dim the lights in the rest of the room. And he was looking into this bright light. I don't think his eyes ever adjusted. And so I don't know if he even knew the students were in the room. I don't think he ever saw us. Uh, and, and I certainly uh, never, uh, I don't remember one thing other than that he wrote on that overhead
1: projector. And I'm really hoping. Uh, oh, okay. Pa- pa- Paula, now, um, <laughs> on, on, on Nate's behalf, I want to point out that, uh, as opposed to being something that you re, you learned from eighth grade math, that's that's an anecdote.
0: Well, no, let me say this. Uh, this, uh, and I think this is going to help Nate. And I think this is just the kind of thing you know uh, that okay. is you know basically Nate has given us a cry <laughs> sure. for help, and I'm I'm there for you, Nate. I'm a first responder for you. Um, uh, what I'm telling wow. you is
1: what I'm telling you, Nate. I'm only Gandhi. You're a first responder. I'm
0: a first responder, Nate. Which is don't yeah. look into a bright light. <laughs> And don't take mathematics oh. instruction from someone who does. So that, and okay. Nate, by the way, that's a very that's, well that's written, fair. very well written email. And, and, and we love you and, and thank you for it. And we're not going well, to say your last name. Well, that's probably why he name. wasn't
1: asking for English help.
0: And we're not going to, we're not going to say your last name, Nate. And we're not going to. No, we're not. And we're, and we're not going to say that you're, we're not going to say that you're Nate Higgins from Colorado. You know we're, we're, we're not going to do it.
1: no. We're going to say that your last name, Nate, is not Cavendish. Exactly. It's not Cavendish. That's as much of a hint as we're giving to everybody.
0: Yeah. So we're going to have a lot of people writing and guessing what Nate it is. Eighth grade Nate. Thank you.
1: Now let's move on. Uh, Tony Anita Hull, (laughs) our beloved producer, um, who is coming to us. Are you sitting down or standing up now, Tony? I'm
0: sitting down now.
1: Uh, she's so now you're in your office. Her, so she's
0: in her office, Adam. She's using her pencil. When she stands up, <laughs> oh, she. Look at like, this.
1: It's Mrs. Culpepper. I,
0: I love to. I love anytime Tony Anita Hull is on the show. I just love to talk to her. When she stands up, she will use her wire whisk uh, on her pencil whisk <laughs> uh, uh, device right. that she's created. Um, I, I do. She is the closest to the eighth grade of any of us. And so I know that she's going is- to.
1: Undeniable.
0: She's gonna, she's gonna uh, remember a piece of eighth grade mathematics training that will be uh, edifying to all of us. Now, go ahead, Tony.
3: Thank you, Mrs. Culpepper. So, my eighth grade math teacher was Mr. Vakina. He was also bald. Um, and he oh, he was played. like Gandhi. He was like Gandhi, yes, and Adam Felber. Wow, uh- <laughs> I'm jealous. Um, so, I actually remember doing a lot of word word problems in math and I and I thought for Nate I would write one so I wrote one for him to practice
1: oh wow that's real let's hear it
3: if Captain Crinkle Bonnie Burns crinkles at 64 crinkles per minute and Adam says god damn it Bonnie every 16 crinkles how many times does Adam say god damn it Bonnie over the course of two minutes
1: Wow. Oh, of two minutes <laughs> okay so Nate once again that's if Captain Crinkle crinkles at a rate of 64 crinkles per minute and every 16 of those crinkles let me know if I'm wrong uh, Tony every 16 of those crinkles Adam Felber says god damn it Bonnie in two minutes how many times will Adam say god damn it Bonnie is that is that the question Tony That is that is
0: correct,
1: <laughs> that is correct. god damn it Bonnie <laughs>
0: Wow, that is, uh, Tony, thank you. That that is, that is a beautiful word problem. Thank you, Tony Anita Hall. Here,
1: here, here's what I want you to do. Nate, I want you to stop playing the podcast right now so that you can do the math and then we'll have Tony Anita Hall tell you the answer. Okay, so stop the podcast now. Okay, we're back. Tony Anita Hall, what is the answer to the word problem you gave Nate?
3: You uh, over the course of two minutes would say um god damn it Bonnie eight times.
1: Eight times because right. eight times sixteen is uh what 16, was what were we doing here? 128?
3: 128.
1: 128. Yeah. 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 The the trick was it was two minutes. Yeah. And Tony Anita Hall. That was a that was a great question. <laughs> yeah, that was a great Thank question. You.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And I and now. I, I couldn't do anything with it. I couldn't figure it out for the life of me um, because I'm staring into this bright light, which is what I learned (laughs) in math in the eighth grade. I thought
1: you learned not to, not to stare into the bright
0: light. Well, no, I mean, I I, should have learned. I'm not a big lesson learner. I'll be honest with you.
1: (laughs) I'm sure Nate appreciates that. I'm one
0: of the few people who... Captain Crinkle, I think it's your turn. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I know it's your turn. All right, now we're going to move from the very helpful uh, Tony Nita Hall to the significantly less helpful (laughs) Paula's manager, our beloved producer, Captain Crinkle, Bonnie Burns. What do you remember from eighth grade math? We get it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Nate,
0: I have an easy one, and it's a good way for you to remember to square a number,
1: you multiply it by the same number.
3: Oh, That's helpful.
1: Wow. Bonnie, now, now, now. (coughs) But when you say. Tell me truly. Tell me truly. Did you remember that from eighth grade math? Or did you Google what kids learn in eighth grade and go like, oh, yeah, squares. I kind of remember that. And then include it as your thing.
0: Aha! (laughs) But, But I have to say, when you say it's a good way to remember. It's not just a good way to remember, it's what squaring means, isn't it? That's exactly
1: yeah. what it means, yeah. Oh, yeah, well. that's,
0: like saying, that's like pointing to a car and saying this is a car, and a good way to remember it is it's a car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paula's not wrong. And Bonnie, by the way, what is six squared?
0: What is six squared?
1: 36. Yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> an example.
0: See? Great. Yes. There you go. Bonnie is uh, Bonnie has no problem with math. Mm. Her teacher never used an overhead projector, and so she has both her vision and and her mathematics well in hand.
1: Oh, her intellect, her mathematical acumen. So here's what I remember from eighth grade math. I well, I I remembered the curriculum, but but for Nate, I'll just say this from what I remember, and this might just be historical knowledge is that I was a little bit of a nerd, and I was in advanced math in uh, junior high, and I discovered in eighth grade math that the stereotype that math people were like brown polyester pants-wearing bespectacled dudes with button-down shirts and pocket protectors was 100% true of Mr. Borison.
0: Oh, was that who you had, Mr. Borison?
1: I had Mr. Borison, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but Mr. Borison's family made pocket protectors.
1: Oh, that might be, you know, that would explain a lot, uh, because,
0: you know, my father was an engineer, and he always wore a Borison pocket protector, absolutely. Oh, he wore
1: wore a Borison. Yeah, it's a family business,
0: family business, the Borison pocket protector.
1: I guess... One thing I've noticed over the years, and I guess nobody wears pocket protectors anymore. The Borsons do. Too- but po- pocket protectors seem to have been worn exclusively by people who wore shirts that were not worthy of that kind of protection.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if I yeah. agree with that. Nobody wants a pen stain on the corner of their pocket.
1: I guess I guess that's right. Yeah. Nobody uses pens anymore anyway. Um all right, well, there you go, Nate. There is eighth grade math in Quarantine Corner. Oh, that was that was fantastic. Wait a
0: minute, I can't believe this. I I thought... What? I thought for sure, Colleen O'Hanley, uh, we have another uh, online bid. We have, uh, really, There's. we have an auction going on here, Adam. Alice Walton, um, the, one of the mm-hmm. uh, heirs to the Walton fortune, uh, who created Crystal The Walmart brick. fortune, yeah. That's exactly right, uh... uh, who created Crystal Bridges Art Museum in Bentonville, Arkansas, has now bid (laughs) $25,000. Thank you, Alice. Wow. Thank you, Alice Walton. Uh, Yeah, I think uh, Art Museum is a fantastic thing, and that's great, and thank you so much uh, for the bid. And so we will be...
1: And and Colleen, I just want to say, Colleen, if you're listening and you've already outbid Alice once, I just want to um, quote, uh, Burgess Meredith, the beloved Mick from the Rocky movies. When I say, stay down, Colleen, stay down. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat this woman. She'll knock you out of Mara. Stay down.
0: Uh, it looks like we will be sending, uh, Alice uh, Walton, the, uh, yeah. Uneaten bowl of rice that was offered to Gandhi during his, uh, final fast. And, uh, and politely I, I just, demurred. I, and demurred exactly politely. I, I want to reinforce uh, in people's minds who Gandhi was. He said in speeches uh, many times, um, particularly towards the end of his life, that the efforts to make India all Hindu was making Hindus barbaric. And uh, I think that there's something for us all to think about there that doesn't just apply to India trying to make all of one kind of, uh, religious practitioner or all of one kind of, po- oh my God, I can't, I, wait a minute, wow. you're not going to well, believe this. I, I, I want to, okay, but I, not... I wanted to add
1: a, a fun fact to that, oh, sure. which is that I think one of Gandhi's most famous and longest hunger strikes was in fact for, uh, Hindu Muslim unity.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. Just yes. to
1: piggyback on what you were saying.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, as the Hindus became more resistant sometimes, not all, of course, but as the resistant Hindus became more resistant to that idea, it just, you know, it pained Gandhi. And he made speech after speech talking about, well, exactly how far will you go for this? And how will that leave your religion? What kind of people would we be if we... Exactly.
1: And he often ended those speeches by just remarking, wow, I could really go for a bowl of rice right now.
0: But he didn't. This rice, you can see, he hasn't even taken a, a bite out of this <laughs> rice.
1: All right, so what's the news? You had news.
0: Well, I, here's the news. I, I, Scott Franciscus, our benefactor, Scott Franciscus, <laughs> has come in with a down-to-the-wire bid of $25,025. Oh, wow. Uh, it, Scott has, it wins the bowl of rice that Gandhi didn't. That's not eat. the
1: first auction he's won, is it?
0: No, this guy is going to have the best history museum, and of course our <laughs> thanks and devotion, because listeners may know that Scott
1: Scott is our alleged benefactor.
0: He's Scott is our benefactor. Tony, he won a, a bar of hotel I'm soap go to alleged one time, and and Tony Anita Hull went to send it to him, and she put it in an envelope. Uh, and perfectly, yeah, she cr-
1: she literally crammed a bar of soap into an envelope. It could, well, it, I, I mean, I know we've mentioned that about a hundred times. It could I don't think to we've anybody.
0: It. it was uh, no. Tony, Tony Anita Hall was trying to be frugal to save the, the show money because the show makes no profit whatsoever. And so thank that you. That is true, Mrs. Culpepper. Thank Culpeper. you, Tony Anita. Uh, my thanks go out to Tony Anita Hall and to uh and to Scott Franciscus for that tremendous uh, bid on 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 Gandhi's rice. Um, uh, so uh, so Scott Franciscus the envelope arrived with this in it uh what was it called COD right
1: cash yeah, yes
0: yeah so Scott Franciscus had to it'll, pay it arrived
1: postage due i think is a, is, a, is right, it postage term. due
0: so he had to pay to receive his prize and uh, and the guy has just been paying ever since, just really supporting the show. Uh, thank you so
1: much. Oh, my gosh. Adam, answer the phone. Yeah, okay. Adam, answer the phone. What? Really? Yeah. I, I was hoping that we could kind of get to a, a break. Okay. Um, <sighs> hello.
0: Hello, Adam. Am,
3: am yes. I the 100th caller?
1: No, I'm pretty sure you're caller number 68. Am I right? Um... Tony Anita Hull? She's actually
3: 67. Gladie was 66. That was a mistake. Oh, Okay, so you're your oh, caller oh, 67. 67. Oh, so I'm that much closer. That's okay. I I I I am just glad to talk to you,
0: Adam, in these difficult times. I was thinking that we could Hi t- Winnie. I, uh, hi, Adam. It's so nice to talk to you. I feel so isolated. I was thinking we could This take is a- our
1: caller, Winnie Rose Feynman, right? It
0: isn't as I, it is me, Winnie, Winnie Rose Feynman. And I was thinking that we could take a break from our grueling rehearsal schedule from my original production of my original play, Love Texts, uh, which will be playing at the Herschel Bernardi Jr. Community Theater in Huntington, New York, uh, as soon as is possible. (laughs) But, Adam, I feel that we need to regroup and put some emphasis, however, on our mental health Um. Your your negativity must be making the crisis even more difficult for you.
1: So I'm my negativity.
0: You're often quite negative, Adam. and I think everyone has noticed uh, that. Uh, my mother, for example, um, really finds you very negative, and she wants a crockpot back. Um, so I would. I didn't
1: get your crockpot.
0: I sent it to you, Adam. And you have the crock pot. You know you have the crock pot. And don't bother giving I, I, I it back. Don't... It's slathered in COVID nineteen right now. I know it is. Just, just, just keep the crock pot. W- What are you
1: calling about, Winnie?
0: I well, I would like to help you, Adam. Nothing would make me happier than helping you. So I would like to help you um, with some power of positive thinking. That's what I would. Okay. Like. To okay. Help with. Um, okay. Yeah.
1: I'm all ears. How would you how would you like to increase my positivity?
0: Well, I would like you to repeat these phrases as often as you can. Um I uh, I can do it. That's an important one. I can do it. Yeah. I can do it if I want to. That's important. Uh
1: I can do it if I want to. Oh,
0: this is very good. Um, I can I can if I try hard.
1: I can if I try hard.
0: April showers bring May flowers.
1: Okay. um, April showers bring May flowers.
0: There's a light. No, wait. There's a silver lining at the end of the tunnel.
1: I don't even think that's the phrase, Winnie.
0: There's a silver lining at the end of the tunnel.
1: No, no, Winnie, the phrase is every cloud has a silver lining. (laughs) I I can't let you slip that one by me. It makes no sense to say that there's a silver lining at the end of the tunnel. Then you just bang into a lining.
0: See, with the negativity again.
1: No, no, no! I'm saying that you created sort of a mishmash of two different positive thinking things. One is every cloud has a silver lining, and one is there's a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: This is not insuperable. But you put Adam. them
1: both together and created a nonsensical uh, stew.
0: Well, I don't want to aim too high. This, there you get you're in the tunnel. <laughs> Maybe you don't get out of the tunnel, but towards the end, there's a silver lining. It's nice. I can do it if I want to. If I try hard, I'll get there. <laughs> April showers bring May flowers. I'm good enough. Okay. I gotta go, Adam. I gotta go.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for calling, Winnie.
0: It was so good to talk to you. Next, Maybe, maybe next week we'll wear hoist some more.
1: Thank you, Winnie. Good talking to you. Oh, my. She really loves (laughs) you, Adam. She
0: loves you. I've never. Yeah, she really does. You know, you can feel the anguish and pain in her heart when she talks. You know.
1: All right. We'll be back with more. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone after this. Fun fact. The oldest person ever to have lived was a French woman named Jeanne-Louise Calment. She was 122 years old when she died in 1997, and her final words were, I don't care if tourists like it, that newfangled tower is still blocking my view. (laughs) Welcome back. Hey, speaking of hotel soaps, we want to hear from all you nobodies, particularly right now, because you're our connection to the world. You are. Please email us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. If you want to submit something to our theme song contest or a vocabulary song, feel free to send those in.
0: Hey, Adam, you know the other thing we want is a brief but compelling description of the show. We love them to go up on the homepage of my new website, which is up, and my store is still open. It's right there at paulapoundstone.com. You can get the Poundstone Pussy Pillows which are cat toys, or my remarkably soft tri poly T-shirts with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. And, you know, now might be a very good time to grab a copy of my book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, and the rest of my books and CDs.
1: Wow, yeah, I would say people should pick that up. And you know what? If you like to read a, read a book, you might want my novel, Schrodinger's Ball, which you can still get at Amazon, or my, um... My graphic novel series from Marvel Comics, The Scroll Kill Crew. Both are available.
0: You can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and check out our Facebook page at Nobody Listens to Paula
1: Poundstone. Oh man, who'd have thought we'd get here? But that's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone, and yours truly, Adam the Felber, produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam that same Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lizevnik, and Tony Nita Hall. Special thanks to our guest, Raymond. Last name deleted. Thank you, Raymond. Thank you, Raymond. And thanks to tonight's house band, nobody, Adam Sartain. Thank you, Adam Sartain. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Technical direction by Jessica Gutierrez. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service.
0: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
1: A bowl of rice?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, never, uh, not even touched
2: uh, by Gandhi. Well,
1: yeah, doesn't that decrease its value? It's like it's never been touched by him. It's just an old bowl of rice.
0: No, it's, it's not. It was offered to him by his, you know, by the people that, you know, surrounded him lovingly. Do we know who offered it to him? I, I, you know what? I have it written down, but I, I don't remember. It was a, it was a woman. It was a woman that came. A woman. It was a woman that came from. It was, that came from uh, uh, it was the photographer woman.
1: Minneapolis. Um, a photog- Oh, a photographer. Yeah, yeah. And she. Was she sharing it?
0: No, she was offering it to she, him because she was. She was, con- con- was she like? like uh, concerned? But he. Yeah, but she could. You. You. But
1: see, she wasn't just like, "Hey, I'm having rice. Do you want some?" You're
0: viewing Gandhi as a picky eater. He he was Uh, well he was a historic figure.
1: Yeah, but inarguably a picky eater.
3: No. No. Not
0: true.
3: Not true at all. A podcast a podcast network.